You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked on Browns brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, whether it is Apple, whether it is Spotify, whether it is Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you are subscribed or following the Locked on Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews, things to get to. And obviously, it's been a busy week, as you expect here, as we are closing in closer and closer to the beginning of week one of the 2021 NFL season. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. Uh, we're going to get to some things here. Obviously, the practice squad and, you know, it's not, we're going to not really speak of names that are too unfamiliar um today is the second anniversary of the passing of my father um it's difficult times uh always a crappy day um but in honor of the hardest working man i have ever known we will continue to do just that we will go ahead and we will go to work sports illustrated's pete smith along for the ride today um pete i think the first thing that strikes me just with the announcements yesterday was just it just seems it is not that Andrew Barry does not work his butt off, but it seems a lot of things just seem to fall in line. You know, some luck to it. You know, a Sheldrick Wedwine, you know, obviously moves on, moves on. Kobe Gassette moves on. Kaderil Hodge moves on. But as far as like the rest of it, it's almost kind of like it's even Steven just like, well, that's all right. We'll release him. We'd really like to get him back to the practice squad. And for now, Pete, they did. Yeah. I'm a little, I think it's a little precarious to have guys like Sheldon Day and Elijah Lee on there uh, because they can be signed. But yeah, I mean, look, as much as we get worried about guys getting snagged otherwise, and, and uh, Marvin Wilson's a good example, ending up somewhere else. Um, some of these teams end up just keeping their own guys. Um, it's almost like there's like a non-aggression pact between teams in some respects. Uh, they know their guys more than anyone else does. They know that their guys know their systems. The players themselves may be more inclined to stay where they're at. Uh, so there is a value to that, and there is some element of luck, which is uh, certainly beneficial. But, yeah, like like I said, I think it's great to have, you know, the Sheldon Days and Javante Moffitts and uh, – you know, so Elijah Lee's and, and uh, Port Augustine's on this practice squad. I, but I think on some level you're playing with fire because if somebody has an injury somewhere else, I could easily see where one of these guys were to get signed. That may not happen now, but um, it, it could certainly happen at some point. Um, the one that stuns me is John Kelly. Uh, not claimed, surprises me. Not uh well I should say yeah not claimed in the first place surprises me and then why why would he sign back with the Browns surprises me only because the Browns are so deep 
at running back, it felt like that if anyone was going to go, it would have been him uh, just because uh, he'd have more opportunities. Not that, you know, he's a nice player, so it's nice to have him back, but it's still a little surprising that he did not leave and go elsewhere. Um, Cameron Justice, and if you guys don't know Cam, she's fantastic. She wrote a piece yesterday, or it got published yesterday, about like the closeness and how everybody on this team just, you know, it seems to just, you know, just jive so well. And I assume, Pete, that probably has something to do with it. Because even when you mentioned to John Kelly, you know, here's a guy, you know, it's going to take a catastrophic, catastrophic purging of the roster for him to even get to put a jersey on, on a game day. Uh, you know, some of these players, you know, coming back to this practice squad, you know, after they've, you know, basically been here for a couple of summers and, you know, battled for every opportunity. And it, it certainly looks like they're on the the short end of the stick, so to speak here, as getting to, you know, playing time or even dressing on game day. So maybe that does have something to do with it. So interesting in that take. And Pete, our good friend, our good buddy, and as anybody knows, as many years as Pete and I have done this, there's certain names that are just have gotten butchered along the way. Um, but one we butchered along the way, who was no, who was never a Cleveland Brown, Pete, actually is one. Um, Nick Mullins is your practice squad quarterback, um, has experience in this league. One thing Kyle Lualeta did not. Um, I'm not sure exactly, you know where this goes with Nick Mullins as far as the future in Cleveland. Hopefully, you know, it never leads to anything more than wearing a baseball hat. Um, but kind of interesting, they went outside of the organization here for the third quarterback. Well, Nick Mullins has three uh, years <laughs> with the San Francisco 49ers, an offense that has a lot of similarities since both derive themselves from what Mike Shanahan did, which is where Kevin Stefanski got the offense. Uh, you have – a couple coaches who know him from San Francisco and he has 16 starts under his belt and they're not bad. Uh, too many interceptions, uh, 22 interceptions on those 16 starts, but reasonably accurate uh, can lead the offense to score some points. He's a big guy, but he doesn't have a very big arm. So that's always held him back. But I've always maintained that he was not really any worse than Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers. And look, if you're of the mind that, you know, Case Keenum's probably only here for this, this season, and then they're going to move on from him uh, after next for next year with his contract, it gets, you know, it's a little uh, poor. Can, can you get, a guy like Nick Mullins to be your backup who has experience. So he does at least have um, the ability to be of some aid to Baker Mayfield as sort of a sounding board, but also could theoretically play if needed um, to come in and, and run the offense. Sure. I, I think that is a reasonable plan for them. And, you know, if, if they don't like him after, however long this year they can always move on but it seems like a prudent plan for both sides uh to ultimately get baker mayfield his jim sorgi <laughs> um and now the you know we you know we had discussed you know that jacob phillips would be going to ir and it you know essentially who was going to be the anointed one that was actually going to get the 53rd coveted roster spot 
And, you know, Pete, you've kind of, even back to last season, we're singing his praises as far as, you know, the limited time he was used, he was effective and certainly effective in his role. Joe Jackson becomes your fourth edge on this 53-man roster. Well, it just always stood out to me that they never waived him last year. He only played 71 snaps, and it was like they they saw something. In Even him. at times when they were decimated, decimated yeah, I mean, on defense. He'd be he'd be inactive, and they'd uh, they'd promote Cam- Cameron Malvo to play. Uh, <laughs> he's a big guy. He's like six four and a quarter, and like at least two hundred seventy five pounds. He he plays the run well, and he's he's got closing speed. He hasn't really, you know, turned that into production. It didn't in preseason either, but you still had a number of plays where you you're sitting there and and your eyes at least drawn toward him. Um, you know, I I guess my big surprise there is we just didn't know what they really felt the status of guys like Anthony Schwartz and Tony Fields. Uh, they didn't, you know, MJ Stewart hadn't practiced in weeks, so we had literally nothing to go on, and yet they only put Jacob Phillips on IR. So, you know, they they took a at least for right now, they have a couple of players on the roster that, that we had nothing to go on. So it was difficult to project. Uh, but in the same way that, you know, you have these guys that that's why you have all these players you signed on the practice squad that could potentially step in. If need be, they can activate them for a game or uh, potentially sign them if need be. But uh, you know, that that's, that's sort of interesting that we're going to get very limited information on Tony Fields, uh, who who's practiced a couple days, and then you have what uh, I don't know if a lot of people know about. Starting on Friday through Sunday is a mandatory three day weekend off for the NFL, so you have less practice than maybe a, a normal week would before they come back and obviously really start working towards the Chiefs. So um, I, they're clearly not done looking at Tony Fields. But uh, I'm curious what that involves at this point. Yeah, and the whole thing about this week has just been interesting. Obviously, this whole trim down of the roster was always a Labor Day weekend thing. And, you know, here we are, you know, doing this middle of the week. And the NFL almost going, you know, you know, corporate as far as, you know, here is your three-day three day Labor Day weekend. Enjoy it, guys. And everybody come on back Tuesday. And it is, you know, nothing but the Kansas City Chiefs you know, for the next six days, we are actually going to get to the Kansas city chief. It's not too early to start looking at and you know what we've covered as much. And it's not like we can sit down and break down anybody new on this practice squad, because anybody we're talking about on this practice squad, most brand Browns fans are familiar with. So we'll get to that here. Just a minute. Pete Smith joining Jeff Lloyd on your latest locked on Browns football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, 
bar, or restaurant, reconnect with friends, and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th, one week away. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on game on. Pete, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the interesting thing, I think, for me, when you first look at this team, is the offensive line that started the Super Bowl, which the Chiefs did lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is completely different. Left tackle to right tackle, this is a brand new offensive line. As much as we talk about, you know, the Browns defense, all the new parts, and of course, they certainly have not gotten an opportunity to really even come close to putting, you know, the 11, 15 players that are going to make up the core of this Browns defense. It's the same thing a little bit over there in Kansas City. Yes, the skill players still intact, but just throwing out a brand new offensive line across the board, it's not as easy as some think. And regardless of how talented each individual is, and this is one thing we have learned through Bill Callahan and through this Browns offensive line is, it's one thing for everybody to have talent. It's another thing for everybody to find a way to use their talents to work in unison. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the challenge, they've, get, they've got uh, what they believe is an excellent left side with Orlando Brown and Joe Thune, but then they have a rookie in Creed Humphrey, who I really like coming out of college. They have another rookie in Trey Smith, uh, who's a six-round pick that they think is some sort of phenom uh, at right guard. And then they've got Lucas Niang, who – was either on IR or opted out last year. I don't remember which. Opted. Uh, so they have that whole side has to get figured out. Uh, maybe that take is a little bit of a process, a, a potential advantage for for the Browns if they can, you know, with their defensive line if they've got it squared away enough to to take advantage. But I mean, that's really the only thing that uh, the Chiefs are trying to figure out on their entire team right now. Must be kind of nice. Um, with that, there is some Kansas City Chiefs news, though. And this is this could be something if Tyron, uh, if Tyron Matthew is not vaccinated. If he is vaccinated, most likely not something. Uh, but currently, Tyron Matthew out of the building uh, due to COVID restrictions. Yeah, uh, it sounds like he's vaccinated because they're pretty confident he's going to be back. Um, but nevertheless, you just never know with some of this stuff if, you know, if if he has a bad reaction or um, long haul symptoms of some sort, it, it doesn't sound like any of those things are going to happen. But what it does mean is is he's out for that many days, unable to practice. Now, again, like I said, there's a mandatory three day weekend, um, so he won't miss anything for those days. But uh, certainly, it's one of those things where you want your guys there to practice. Um, so you can get prepared. And, and the fact that he's not there um, is a slight disadvantage. Is it ultimately going to mean very much difficult to say at this point? Uh, but, you know, it is one more thing that they have to deal with. And that's, I think, as we keep talking about this, you know, mandatory three days out of the building where the players are getting this weekend, 
that in of itself, Pete, could bring up some issues. Um, yeah, it's great to give players 72 hours off. It's great. They've earned it. They need the rest, obviously, as you know, you're taking it now and basically, you know, dropping it into overdrive as it is now regular season. Um, in the same respect, vaccinated or not, you got to be really, really careful about the decisions you're going to make over this, you know, three day weekend, 72 hours, you know, you still have to be completely responsible to your teammates, to your locker room, and ultimately getting everybody to September 12th. Sure. Uh, even if you're vaccinated, obviously you can still uh, get the virus. I mean, if you're exposed, it doesn't matter. You can go right back to work. But if you're unvaccinated, this is where it's a really big issue because if you're exposed, you're out that many days. And if you do get the virus, you're out that many more days. If you're vaccinated, you get the virus. It's uh, you have to have you just have to have two negative tests uh, 24 hours apart from each other. If you do that, you're already back to work. So, I mean, these are the biggest, obviously the clearest advantages of this, but then there's other rules that shouldn't come up, but you never know in terms of like travel restrictions and other things that uh, impact unvaccinated players. So uh, we'll see. I, I'm sure, so, you know, we will find somebody, hopefully not on the Browns that um, gets, put on the reserve COVID list after this weekend or as a result of this weekend, it may be a significant factor uh, for certain teams that have low unvaccinated rates, but this is sort of the, the big challenge and might be a little bit of a preview for the bye week uh, that teams are going to face where, you know, players who are vaccinated go home and players who aren't can't. Uh, and some of those elements that that are going to be a continuing challenge. One thing interesting about going into this with Kansas City in week one is the fact that Andy Reid, ridiculously good out of the gate, always has been ridiculously good coming off the bye. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, career in September, Pete, 10-0. and 0. So I guess if you're trying to find any silver lining here, I guess the silver lining is maybe he's due. Sorry, say that again. I said with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, always great out of the gate, always great off the bye week. Patrick Mahomes, 10-0 and career in September. I guess the silver lining or what you try to tell yourself is he's due. Yeah, this is this is where it's really tough. Like, if you're just trying to simplify prediction for games, you can go who has the better quarterback and who has the better head coach. Well, this is one of the teams where, unfortunately, they have the advantage on both ends right now. Uh, Andy Reid is really good. Uh, with time to prepare, and and Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback in the league, so that's where it's a real challenge for the Browns. Uh, certainly, you know I don't think Kevin Stefanski is going to be unprepared necessarily, but uh, Andy Reid will pull out weird ass screens and some of the other things he's done over past years, which which catch teams completely uh, by surprise and finds ways to create big plays or scoring plays and and. Uh, that's sort of the challenge that the Browns face. Uh, they may be able to keep up with the Chiefs in terms of scoring, but are, who's going to be able to make any stops? I mean, at <laughs> least on paper, you can make the case that the Browns have a better defense than the Chiefs do. However, so much of that is going to need to be figured out over the process of weeks, potentially months, and you have to play the, the them right out of the gate. So it's a, it's it's a clear challenge. And the Browns also have to figure out their special teams, which um, 
need to be significantly better than last year where they were one of the worst in the league at a number of areas. So uh, Mike Prefer has his work cut out for him. Uh, obviously, with the roster gymnastics they've been doing, it may or may not help or hurt uh, the continuity they've had there. And certainly has, you know, lost one of his, you know, best assets on that unit, although he was in and out of um, playing time a lot last year in Kaderil Hodge. And Pete, as it was just so easy to see, um, Kaderil Hodge is off to Detroit. Um, great opportunity for Kaderil Hodge. It's, you know, A number one, it's a quarterback he's familiar with. There is already somebody in the front office that values him uh, as he was, you know, John Dorsey was the one that brought him initially to Cleveland. Um, but it's a great situation. Look, Kaderil Hodge, you know, even if there were wide receiver snaps, they would have been few and far between. Granted, you're going from one extreme to the other right now in the potential of what is the 2021 season for the Cleveland Browns and whatever the Detroit Lions are currently. But everybody, athlete in the NFL, yes, there's this thing of being a part of a team, but there's also this thing of is I want my opportunity. You know, I want to see how good I can be in this league. And it looks like Kaderil Hodge is finally going to get that opportunity with his third team. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to play for the Browns. I mean, he, maybe maybe they put him back on special teams, which he didn't do last year uh, because they needed him on offense. But, I mean, if you're just sitting there, who who are you taking off the field to get Kaderil Hodge receiver reps? You know, that's a really difficult thing. I mean, I, I don't think Demetri Felton is going to see many, if any, receiver reps for quite a while. So, I mean, uh, that's really tough. I mean, are you taking Donovan Peoples-Jones off the field to get Kadero Hodge on? Are you taking Richard Higgins off the field? Are you taking Beckham off the field? I can't imagine you doing any of those things. And if Anthony Schwartz is sort of his own animal, so we don't know what he is. Maybe that's the one, but you were never going to sort of bail on that third round pick for the sake of Kadero Hodge, which doesn't mean Hodge is a bad player. This is a good situation for him it's a good situation for the browns even though the browns should have traded him uh they do right by the player in terms of understanding you know he's going to get a little over two million dollars this year and he gets to opportunity to play uh which is the best thing for him and hopefully he goes to detroit and and wherever else and people ask him you know how was it in cleveland he can say it was great you know it was one of the best things for my career and hopefully that word of mouth is beneficial and goes across the league in some of these things. You've got, uh, you know, same thing with Sheldrick Redwine or uh, Colby Gossett. Hopefully, you know, their their experience with the Browns was positive. And even though you're losing these players, maybe there's a benefit down the road that they're telling other players that it was good. I mean, just the Detroit Lions, for example, uh, you've got David Blau, you've got Darren Fells. I don't, you know, things may not have been great. Uh, by the time they left, but hopefully Kadero Hodge can say, you know, this was a, a, a great situation for me. And look, I just want to take my the next step in my career. Yeah, so it should be good uh, for Hodge. Obviously, an interesting landing spot and you know, an opportunity that he's you know was not going to get here. And for Detroit, you're getting somebody. Look, you're not getting a star in the building, but Detroit's trying to you know establish some sort of culture, some sort of work ethic, um, you know, of you know what you want your team to be and. Certainly, uh, you know, having a player like Kaderil Hodge come in and do that is nothing to sneeze about. He's going to come in. He's going to do everything that's asked of him, which is, you know, when you're trying to build a program, the Detroit Lions, which they've certainly been trying to do now for the better part of, you know, two and a half decades, again, uh, 
Kaderil Hodge is the kind of guy you can point your finger to and say, hey, if you could give effort like this, this is you know what we're asking for. You saw it last year, lit a fire uh, to get Donovan Peoples-Jones more involved as far as a blocker, Rashard Higgins, and got those players on the path that led to some success for both of them. Uh, a few more things to get to here, which we will do with Pete Smith. We are moving on. It's, I mean, all eyes to Kansas City. Preseason's in the rear view. Uh, got a day or two more of practice here. Um, the Browns are out of the building. Nice weekend. And then come in Tuesday, and it is all eyes on red. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NCAA football, which starts this evening, the NFL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. You guys know the deal. RockAuto.com is a family business. Serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and view their wide variety of auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now. Again, see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know the folks over at Locked On sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. One of the things, Pete, and this is, you know, obviously we have not gotten to be able to measure some things this preseason. And one of the most essential things for the success of this offense taking it to the next level is Odell Beckham Jr. being the Odell Beckham Jr. athletically that you know we've grown accustomed to. You know, Odell obviously not you know getting there truly yet in years, you know, but whether it was the ankle now coming off the ACL, and we've only got to see glimpses, we've gotten to not see any live game action. So it's fair to say, you know. You're a little hesitant because, you know, until, you know, your old line, Pete, you know, if I can't prove it, then I have no way of knowing. Um, but number 13, this is definitely a wild card as far as the, you know, where and hopefully the, you know, the next step of this offense can go here in 2021. Look, I mean, Odell Beckham has the potential to do more for this offense than anyone else. Uh by virtue of the fact that he's not only a vertical threat, which is something the Browns desperately need, he's also just a dynamic player after the catch. He demands extra attention uh, from uh, defenses. It just opens everything up in terms of spacing. It He's just a phenomenal player in terms of what he forces defenses to do even if you're you're sitting there looking well where where is it in terms of the production between he and Mayfield which is perfectly reasonable but that doesn't change the fact uh that he's still an incredibly talented player but we don't know when he's going to be ready I mean I I think in some respects the Browns might be playing a little bit of possum with this uh on, on basically saying well we're not sure if he's going to be ready uh, let's put it this way: If he's not, 
one, it's not the end of the world, but two, that 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 certainly <clears throat> changes your outlook for the Chiefs game. That was one of the biggest things that the Browns didn't have uh, in the playoffs. They had no vertical threat other than David Njoku. Uh, and I guess a little bit of Donovan Peoples-Jones, but even that wasn't very good in that particular game. Uh, you're basically back to the offense you had last year, which was <clears throat> which struggled to beat man coverage. Now, hopefully uh, a slimmer Jarvis Landry is better than he was last year, a healthier all those things can contribute, but the Browns obviously put an emphasis on adding more speed and ability to get down the field. Uh, so, you know, with, with Beckham, that's the main guy. Certainly they, they have other guys they hope can do that, but uh, he's the guy who certainly changes everything on offense. And if, if Baker Mayfield and, and Odell Beckham get on the same page, you know, everybody keeps calling this like an offense that's like, let's well, a run first offense. Well, it's not, it's, it's not, but if, if that connection starts working, it's going to look more like a truly balanced offense and more like Baker Mayfield's offense, which it was in the playoffs. Now going into Kansas city, um, you know, Tyree kill, McCole Hardman, they basically run these <laughs> this Ferrari package with these two incredible speedsters. And then there is the absolute beast over the middle working between the hashes and Travis Kelsey with the revamped sec- secondary with the seven linebackers, which still doesn't seem to make very much sense. What do you try to take away here, Pete? Do you try to take away the big ones or in, you know, Hill – and Hardman and limit that? Or do you try to take away the essentially the death of a thousand paper cuts in Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey is what you have to stop first, more than anything. Tight ends just are, are, are so uh, impactful in terms of what they can do for a team because they can take up so much real estate uh, they can attack so many places on the field and Travis Kelsey's as good as anybody. So he's the one I'm worried about stopping first and foremost, but that doesn't mean uh, Tyree kill isn't certainly a dangerous player. But if you're, if you're saying I can stop one player, um, I'm stopping Travis Kelsey. He's the, he's the guy that you have to be. He's, he's their first, their primary target. Tyree kills a big play threat, but, you know, you can do more to sort of combat that than you can with Travis Kelsey. He He's in that sense, he's virtually unstoppable in terms of just how you can cover him, but you're going to have to dedicate resources. You're going to have to uh, come up with different variations on how you want to do it because you want to try to fool Patrick Mahomes or force him to think more of the same thing with, Kelsey, but there's nobody on that offense that I'm more worried about slowing down than than Kelsey. With that being said, I guess all eyes then in that case are on Malcolm Smith, Ronnie Harrison. Um, that's a good question. Um, I, certainly, I think Ronnie Harrison has to be a big factor in that. Um, he has the physical size, at least uh, of any of the defensive backs, that it, it's not a crazy mismatch. Yeah, like you almost wonder if you just try to put 
you know, the, the problem is the challenge with him is, is if you split him out, if he's in line, there's, there's a part of you that almost wants to put Sione Taki Taki in there, just line over it and beat the daylights out of him. Yes. It's just to beat him up and jam him off the line. Uh, that becomes potentially more challenging if he's wide. Now it doesn't mean Sione Taki Taki couldn't do that, but um, that's really where I would sort of look at this is rather than trying to essentially catch uh, Travis Kelsey with two guys, I think, trying to give him as much of an issue getting off the line and then having another guy uh, behind that to, to pick him up is sort of the best uh, best case scenario to me. I think that is a certainly is something that Ronnie Harrison can do. But the other guy is John, John Johnson can do that. Um, and mm-hmm. John Johnson has done that at, at a high level. So that, that may be uh, – it, it, it may be as simple as, you know, depending on which area of the field he's going to, one of those two guys is going to pick him up. Maybe both of them will pick him up over the course of the game. But that is such a big factor in why John Johnson was such a huge signing is because he can do all these things uh, that give teams problems and, and can can really up the Browns' defensive scheme in the backfield. But, and this is what it's been done and you know bringing in a player like john johnson hopefully just another step in the right direction for ronnie harrison as he continues to go grow as a player as he's found his way here in cleveland you know the you know grant tell but we'll see but this is something you would obviously have eyes on for him as well and for a team that has never ever been able to stop the tight end you're gonna get your opportunity at the game's best week one in kansas city and most likely with the best quarterback currently in the NFL. We've gotten to the practice squad. We've started to turn the page here to week one and the Kansas City Chiefs. Some thoughts here on the offense and obviously some thoughts here on the defense, you know, within this game with the Chiefs. He is Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated, Browns Digest. Make sure you're checking everything out on SI.com. The podcast, the written work, Pete and his team over there are just crushing it as, you know, amping up here to finally get into regular season coverage as much as we love the summer and get football back there is nothing like getting into the regular season of the nfl so make sure you're following browns digest make sure you're checking it all out si.com make sure you're following at underscore pete smith underscore even though he lost his roster prediction apparently with miss nicole from that's what uh i'm sorry for pete's sake pete what happened there come on now um what happened is we this was just entirely on the offense um i picked drew forbes to make the roster and he blew out his knee um, that's literally the difference. We, she got all 25. This is what she's shaking pom-poms over now. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Which is fine. She's allowed to take that victory. Uh, she was I'm also sure very happy well, that so. she was also mm-hmm. very happy that, uh, the Browns only kept four safeties, uh, at least initially, even though Malcolm, even though, uh, MJ Stewart could theoretically be counted as one, but yes, it, it came down to true Forbes blowing at his knee. Uh, and, and that being the, the one, uh, spot on offense i i technically had wrong at the time we did that prediction but yeah she, uh, uh so more than happy to let her have that win uh she needs she needs all the w she can get Ooh, ooh, that one stings a little bit uh so we'll wrap it up here uh the show itself locked on browns on twitter follow back account closing in on ten thousand followers folks let's go ahead and take care of that follow back account dms are open as everybody knows me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd dms are always open questions ideas for the show you just want to chat you guys know i try to make myself as available as i can for you for as many as you who uh you know take the time out of your day 
to make Locked On Browns a part of your Browns coverage, where it is, whether it is Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it is Odyssey. Make sure, again, that you are following or subscribed to the Locked On Browns podcast and make sure you're leaving the five-star ratings and written reviews. We are on in Kansas City. It's Labor Day weekend. Uh, little uh, Christmas, Christmas in the air here in New Jersey after a disgusting night, weather night last night here in NJ, but uh, it's really, really starting to feel like football season, and it is first day of college football kicking off here today on Thursday, the NFL one week away. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.